0: We remember that in the book of Exodus, as God through Moses has led the people out of slavery from Egypt, they have been away from their God for 400 years. And so God through all of these commandments, these strict commandments, he's trying to teach them once again who they are and who God is and how, what their relationship with each other is supposed to be and what their relationship with God is supposed to be. And that's why sometimes the language can be, can sound rather harsh, where if you wrong a foreigner in your midst or molest or oppress an alien, my wrath will flare up and I will kill you with the sword, Then your own wives will be widows and your children orphans. It's to get their attention because they've been whipped for 400 years, and so that's the language that they know. But it's a different story in the gospel, in Jesus' time, and it's a different story after Jesus with Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, but they're all the same message. Are we going to treat our religion as a trick to trip other people up? That if we don't live by a very harsh and particular standard, we're going to judge others or are we going to treat our religion as a treat, as something that God wants us to have, something that can be life-giving, that's supposed to be life-giving? A small example is even when we come to Mass on Sunday, assuming you come on a Sunday, you know, all things, COVID notwithstanding, do you look at it as a treat, as a, I've prayed and I've done works of charity and I've done other things and this is the cherry on top The rest of the week has been the cake with the icing, but this is the cherry on top, and it's delicious, and I can rest, and God has given us the commandment to gather together on Sundays to worship Him and to be with one another, or do I look at it as a burden? And if everything isn't exactly according to plan, and if it isn't over at the right time, and if we don't have the right responses, or somebody messes up, or somebody doesn't know they're supposed to be reading, and it delays... Where the priest has a terrible homily, well, then it's just, they're just terrible. We use, it as a ju- we use it as a measuring stick, and we use it as more of a trick rather than a treat, rather than understanding and going deeper that even with all of our human failings, even at Mass, God will use that to open up our hearts and open up the hearts of others to let His grace in. To come and change us, to allow the Word of God to be opened in a new way, hopefully, and to re- have that revealed to us, and then to have the gift of Himself, very life itself, very being itself, in the form of what looks like bread and wine. Do we look at that as something beautiful, or with our minds, our body language, the way we talk to our kids, the way we talk to our friends, and the way we think, do we look at it as more of a burden? The Thessalonians clearly saw it as a treat, saw it as something good, something that they wanted to live out, not because they were being whipped, not because they were being forced, but it was they loved it. They love the Lord. They love his commandments. They love what he's given to them. And so Paul writes back to them, saying that all throughout the Middle East there, people have heard of their faith and their joy and their love of God and how it has impelled them to live good and holy lives, and not just live good and holy lives, but they realize the life-giving ability of living a good and holy life, because sometimes we think good and holy means fasting every day and praying every day and every moment of every day, and it's very pious, and there's only one way to do it, but that's not the reality of our faith, and it never has been. The reality is that we're all different flowers in God's garden, and yes, we're in His garden, so there are some rules, there are some things that we have to abide by, but we're all different. We all look different, we're all different types of flowers or ivies or bushes or trees. We all have a different relationship with God and have a different spirituality, and that's all good, and that's the way God made us. And in the gospel here, though, this Interaction with the Pharisees really highlights all of this. So, in the Old Testament, most of us are familiar with the Ten Commandments. You may not know, there are 603 other commandments that God gives to the people of Israel in the Old Testament, including what we read today in Exodus. Those are a couple of them. If someone gives you as a sign of them lending, you lending them money, he gives them your cloak. As a sign of good faith, you must give that back to them. That's one of the commandments. And these Pharisees, although many of the Pharisees and many of the religious leaders were helping Israel get through this darkest time in their history where they had no leader, they were being oppressed by Rome. There were some Pharisees, and the ones that we see in the gospel, because it has to do with the the misunderstanding of the religious leaders of the time with Jesus, we see these Pharisees, and this one in particular, come to him to test him to treat his religion as a trick. Well, which one is the best? Because us Pharisees, we argue and bicker about this all the time. Which commandment of the 613 is the absolute most important one? And you can see how that would cause some problems. I mean, even today, we have issues, even in this church, not this church, in the Catholic church and in this country, right, is the right to life really the most preeminent moral issue in our country? Many people will say yes. Some people will say no. And so even today, there's some bickering, some misunderstanding, some difference of opinions that can get very heated when it comes to these moral issues, when it comes to our religion. But Jesus cuts this aside and says, look, I gave all of this to you. I gave these 613 commandments to you as a gift to give you life, not to bring you down, not for you to bicker over, but for you to live out and to live fully. I came so that you all could have life and have life abundantly. And the same is true, of course, for us. With the church, the fact that we have priests is a gift. The fact that we have mass is a gift. The fact that we have all the devotions and miracles and spiritualities in our light, in our Catholic life, Ignatian spirituality, Augustinian spirituality, Franciscan spirituality, and on all the Eucharistic miracles, all the Marian apparitions. And yet we also still have some boundaries. You have to come to Mass, the four minimum ones, the four precepts of the church. Come to Mass on Sunday, again, COVID notwithstanding. Receive communion at least once a month, I mean, once a year in the Easter season. And for most of us in the US, that's not an issue. Go to confession at least once a year and provide for the needs of the church. Those are the four precepts, the four commands of the church to its people. And those, again, are the minimum. I'll tell everybody that if we want to live how Jesus wants these Pharisees to live and how the Thessalonians are living, confession on a more regular basis, on a monthly basis, is a good and holy thing. And I know it's a little difficult here at St. Chris because we only offer it on Saturdays for a half hour, which is Sometimes it's an inconvenient, amount of t- inconvenient time, it's a very short amount of time, but there are other parishes, and again at St. John on Wednesdays and Fridays from noon to one, I'm out there hearing confessions in the parking lot at the entrance to the prayer garden. But the idea is God speaks to us and has always spoken to humanity in language that we can understand, and in today's world, we need healing and mercy more than ever. And confession is the sacrament of primarily healing and mercy and forgiveness and returning to the Lord. And so, brothers and sisters, this, I invite you to consider in this week and in the weeks to come, how often do you go to confession? How often, even in your prayer life, do we offer up our failings to the Lord and ask for His mercy and His love and His guidance? Because we want to be loved by Him. And we want to love him. And the only way we can do that is by staying close to him and staying close to his church.